Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's Black Twitter. Your boy Al's flying solo, so watch out. They should have never gave me the mic. We got Cardi B's smelly box, Dr. Dre getting dragged, the update on the ADOS movement, and Lonzo Ball splitting with his dad in Big Ball of Brown. Bam! You're tuned into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now. What up, everybody? What up, everybody? I'm Al Gregg, your boy flying solo. Shout out to the homegirl, Alina, my sister from another mother. Uh, she's moved on temporarily to a, bitter, a bigger and better gig, but, you know, we're going to keep her in our heart. But you know where they really messed up? They really messed up in giving me the mic. I told you. They should have never gave me the mic. Never let me do this ish solo because we're about to get deep, y'all. You guys ready? There goes my air horn. There goes my boy Jonathan. Jonathan's going to hold me down in the booth, and we're going to get right to it, okay? Here, well, here, well, here's the recap real quick. We got Cardi B accused of her box being very smelly, turning tricks, and then drugging them, and then jacking them. Wow. As if anybody's surprised. We got Dr. Dre getting dragged uh, into this whole college uh, scandal, college bribery scandal. And we got the Ball Brothers breaking with their dad, as well as an update on the hashtag ADOS movement, which I'd like to think I was the first person to bring here to BHL. For those who don't know, hashtag ADOS stands for um, hashtag American Descendants of Slavery who are vying for uh, uh, reparations. From slavery. So it's a special movement, so y'all need to get on that online as far as Twitter goes. And let's just get right to it, okay? Let's just get right to it. All right. So first up, before we roll the clip of our girl Cardi B in what? No one was ever surprised news? Cardi turned tricks? Who's surprised? And really, who cares? I like Cardi. She still looks good, but the backlash is big. Not only are people saying that she had a smelly box, she's suing a, a blogger by the name of uh, uh, Unwind with Tasha K for having this uh, having her own roommate on saying she had the smelly box and that she saw her turning tricks. And then Cardi outed herself on IG Live in a since-deleted post where she actually admits to taking tricks, drugging them, and then stealing from them when they go to sleep. So, y'all, again, is anybody surprised? Not really, but it's just funny to hear from the horse's mouth. So let's go to this clip of Cardi B. And shout out to our boy right there. I thought I wanted to say this uh, World Web Spotlight. Shout out to that brother for posting it. But that's actually the source is Cardi's uh, IG. And of course, she took it down because they were lighting her up in her comment section. But people, let's talk about this Cardi B turning tricks. Are we really surprised? Come on now. And I'm you're talking to somebody who loves strippers. I go to strip clubs. I love strippers. I respect them. I always pay the money. They deserve what they get. And you always know there's some running that hustle out the back door later on tonight. Maybe I'm getting too deep in this, but every, everybody pretty much knows it. And everybody knew that about Cardi B going in. So in what? 
No one was surprised news except for the fact that she admitted it. But now that it's out there, it's ignited a backlash. Like I said, unwind with Tasha K. She's a YouTuber, social influencer. She's already lighting her up because she already had presented past evidence where uh, she said uh, Cardi was basically turning tricks, had her old roommate on there, said she used to turn tricks with her. And so now Cardi's suing them, but it's almost like a, a detriment to her case when she outed herself on this IG Live. So I'm curious what you guys think. You know, we love Cardi. I still love Cardi. I'm not going to stop listening to Cardi. But they alleged that she had a, a smelly box. I don't know, fellas. So would you still hit that? Me personally? <laughs> there you go. I don't know about that. Let me tell you what I'll do. Let me tell you what LG would do. I still think she's fine. Think she's got a nice body. We love Cardi. I might still hit it, but I'll do it like this. Nose closed. That's how we hit it. We may have to bleep that out, everybody, but just so you know. <laughs> All right, on to the next topic. On to the next topic. We are going to go on to Lonzo Ball. Y'all know Lonzo Ball, the homeboy who plays for the Lakers, and I especially followed him since UCLA because he's from L.A. Like, I'm from L.A. His family's from L.A., Chino Hills or whatever, and we big big supporter of the big baller brand movement but right now there is a schism in the big baller brand family namely because Lonzo's business partner who owns uh, 16% of the business I, get, I believe uh, his name is Billy we're going to find out find out uh, next who's actually a, a childhood friend of his dad LeVar has been siphoning money out so let's see what they have to say on ESPN Stephen A dropped this uh, with a nice update and let's see what's going on with the clip Lakers guard Lonzo Ball told ESPN he has cut ties with a co-founder of big baller brand Alan Foster over concerns about Foster's criminal past and because Foster has not adequately accounted for the whereabouts of roughly a million and a half dollars from Ball's personal and business account. Foster has been a friend of Lonzo's father, LeVar, for almost a decade. LeVar's buddy, of course. Of his dad's brand. buddy. Lonzo telling uh, ESPN that Foster, quote, used his access to my business and personal finances to enrich himself. End quote. Lonzo owns 51% of big baller brand. Jalen is here, and we're delighted to bring Let's Stephen, see Stephen A. Smith a. into the conversation. First take starts in 17 minutes, but I know, Steve, you were talking to a lot of people about this over the weekend. What can you tell us? Well, I can tell you that what we're seeing right now is an incredibly uncomfortable thing to see because if it was just Slightly. about Alan Foster, that would be one thing. But then we're hearing that not only is, uh, uh, you know, is Alan Foster in Lonzo Ball's crosshairs, but also clearly his daddy. Now, we saw his daddy, LeVar Ball, give a comment about it, how we'll get this together, et cetera, et cetera, how shocked he was by it. Big ball of baby, our favorite loudmouth. children are holding him accountable LeVar to Ball. So, uh, Jonathan, yeah, we can fade this out, man. But let me talk to my people, okay? Let me talk to my people. Again, as a supporter of the Ball family, and Lonzo, I'm a lifelong Laker, born and raised in L.A. Ever since the Showtime era, I've been down and seen Magic as a player and celebrated him as a coach and celebrated him choosing uh, young Lonzo. But see, here's the problem. LeVar, I've always respected him as an entrepreneur. I like the idea. He's like, hey, we're going to start our own you know, brand, our own uh, footwear, so we don't have to take the, the money from Nike. If they're not going to get us what we want, we're going to start our own shoe company. We're not going to be a, a shell for these other, you know, for these big brands and Adidas and all this. We're going to do, do this ourselves and build the family brand. I respected that. But the one thing you always saw from the get-go is LeVar's just messiness. Again, and are we really surprised news that LeVar supposedly and his friend Alan Foster were siphoning off money? Are we surprised? 
Are we surprised, really? The fact that LeVar was actually benefiting off of his son's brand? Y'all got me so excited here. The fact that LeVar would actually be taking money from his son. Is anybody surprised? Anybody surprised? Shit, some people might say that's, you know, that's parents' tax. I brought you in this world, I'll take you out. But you know what I got to say to that? F out of here. F out of here to LeVar. F out of here, man, you big fraud. Sit your loud mouth ass down. I'm sorry. Let me calm down. I told you guys, they should have never let me off the mic tonight. They should have never let me. Should have never let me go solo on this mic. So with that said, let's move on to our next uh, topic. We are going to go to uh, uh, salute our black Twitter user, B-K-L-Y-N rel number one. Uh, BK Linrel number one. He's from Brooklyn. Shout out to Brooklyn. Okay, how many people know about this? Did you guys see that viral video of that elderly black woman on the train? I guess it was in New York, where this all of a sudden this cat just started like kicking her and just whooping her ass out the blue. Literally was like giving her like Bruce Lee bow karate kicks to the head. And the effed up thing is that there were all these other brothers on the train like using their phone to capture it. And they're all world star, world star. And the final straw, for me at least, is when this cat who was doing the kick and the assault of this elderly woman, I guess his name is Miguel, he turns around to the camera and he says, world star that. Now people... We got to do so much better in protecting our elderly, our women, and just our com- and policing our community in general. We got so caught up into this, you know, going viral, world star, expos, everything that we forget to actually how to love and, you know, take care of our culture and protect our culture. But uh, let's go to the, cl- let's go to, um, the clip that uh, BK Linrell loaded on the Twitter. He's a black Twitter user. He was the first one to ma- who captured this and make it go viral. So let's go to that, Jonathan. And by the way, this is on a, okay, he was on the train. I don't know if you could try to rewind it one more time, but uh, this is when he's on the train, and for some reason he gets into this confrontation with this elderly woman, going back and forth, and then he starts kicking her. So maybe, I don't know if we can at least see the kicks in this, in this clip. But here's the bottom line, people. Shout out to this brother, BK Linrell one for, uh, for putting this out there. Here's the bottom line. We got to do better. Everybody's so concerned about going viral, about getting hits, about getting clicks, Nobody cares about the actual community. And I say this to our brothers, meaning myself, including myself, that we got to hold each other accountable. Not just with this cat out here, this cat, Miguel, whoever he was, um, who was actually beating up on one of our elders, but to the kids who are actually co-signing it, rooting him on with the camera saying, world star. We just got to do better, people. We got to do better. But thank God for this cat, BK Linrell, for putting it on Twitter and exposing it for the world. That's the right expose, not sitting behind your camera and let an older woman get beat. Anyway, so we're going to pull up the news source on the DailyMail.com. And uh, first of all, uh, uh, okay, I don't know if you can go to the very top, Jonathan. I'm going to see if we can see this brother Miguel's name. I'm having a hard time reading it, but here, let me click it on Twitter on, on uh, mine. But um, this brother Miguel, if you see on the right uh, side of the frame, he starts kicking the 78-year-old black woman for no apparent reason. He tried to clean it up later and said maybe she said something to him, but nobody believes that. But this cat's name is Mark Gomez, 36, from New York. I want to say from Yonkers. I guess he's like a a Dominican or Puerto Rican brother or whatever, but I ain't claiming him as a brother for anybody would do something like that. But here, let me just read you some of the highlights while Jonathan scrolls scrolls down the clips. The horrific beatdown was caught on camera and shows a man repeatedly punch and kick the woman in the face and body on the number two train. 
Suspect has been identified as Mark Gomez, 36, from Yonkers. He has been charged with multiple counts of assault. Uh... Incident happened on the northbound number two train at around 3 a.m. March 10. Police posted his image on Twitter on Friday night for the tips of the identity, and the very next day he was caught. So that's the good side. So, yeah, Jonathan is just scrolling down. You can see the different still images. It, yeah, and the video is pretty graphic. Maybe we don't even need to see it. But you can see with each time he gives her a progressive kick, he's standing up on the train, and this elderly black woman is just sitting there down, 78 years old, like, you know, with, like, her groceries in her bags. What is the cause for that? What could a, a person ever say to you to actually mean that? I don't know, or to demand that. So you know what I got to say? I got to call this guy Miguel F-Boy of the Week. You're a complete F-Boy. Complete F-Boy. Get the F out of here. You are lame AF, F-Boy Miguel. Sorry, I had to get that out. All right. Moving right along, ladies and gentlemen. Let, let me compose myself. But uh, moving, moving right along, we got the woke segment. You know I'm famous for my woke segment. And you can throw, even throw on my conspiracy music because I'm about to cut to my wide woke camera. Bam! Here we go. All right, y'all. So this is the woke segment. This week, we're uh, going to get an update on the ADOS movement. Some of you think it's a spooky thing. Black people asking for reparations. But if we go to the Twitter, we can see our founder, uh, Yvette Carnell of Breaking, ba- Breaking Brown. Her and uh, uh, Tone Talks have, been talk- have put a number on the decisive amount that the American government owes back pay for slaves. And if you're interested, you can go to uh, hashtag ADOS. You can go to Reparations 2020. You can go to Lineage Matters and get all the details. And Jonathan, scroll back up. I'm just going to read her tweet. Companies and and countries owe a debt for forced and unpaid labor that built their wealth, etc. When we speak of other groups, it's obvious. People don't get confused until the debt is owed and comes due. And I'm going to throw in a little bit of uh, my own opinion here. It's weird, man. You would have thought like reparations would have been something that easily uh, would have been uh, given back to black people. It's clear. We're not talking about the guy who says, oh, well, I never owned slaves and my family never owned slaves. Guess what? We're going to look back at whose grandfather and great grandfather owned slaves. And who are these companies? Just like with the BMW and supposedly Mercedes and all these rich German companies, they benefited from Hitler in World War II. And they had to pay reparations to Israel. The United States sends tons of money to Israel for reparations to support them, to give them statehood. I don't know. Maybe even black people ought to have statehood. But the point is, reparations is something that goes on. Half of our tax dollars go to the Native Americans. I think they got, they got done really dirty as far as, um, as like how they were treated by the government and given um, these reservations, if you can call them that. But... Some people can say at least they were given something. There's an allotment of money, and then they've been able to develop their own community and own these casinos where they get these tax breaks by the government, and they can consistently benefit off that. And every uh, Native American uh, family member can uh, receives a check, basically, and they get the uh, and they get the printout of the of the uh, up, updated accounting every week. So. I'm thinking Yvette Cornell is right. There's a number we can put on that. People say you're crazy to talk about reparations. It's 2019, but it's not about, like, the Dave Chappelle skit, you know, and, you know, brothers out there, you know, just giving people cash and just throwing it away. It's not like that. This is something that can be mathematically computed and mathematically distributed. So everybody stay tuned to the uh, hashtag ADOS movement and follow your girl uh, Yvette Cornell. 
Along those lines, I got one other quick conspiracy. I don't know if I got time to go into it. You know what, Jonathan? Give me that conspiracy music real quick again, and I'm just going to tell you about one other conspiracy we got. Okay. Last week, I told you guys about how another Black Lives Matter activist was killed, making it the fifth Black Lives Matter activist. Y'all said I was crazy. Guess what? We're at number six right now. Number six. Listen to this. This sister, Amber Evans, who was a Black Lives Matter activist in Ferguson, she had been missing for two months, and then her body came up, guess what, at the bottom of a lake. Now, how crazy does that sound, y'all? Did she do that on purpose? They'll probably say it was suicide. Like they said, all the other brothers shot themselves in the head and hung themselves for suicide. We know that everybody's not racist, and we love the police who aren't racist, but there is a racist faction in Ferguson Always has been. A racist faction in the cops always has been. That's why they let the shooter of uh, Michael Brown get off. And that's why they inordinately charge black people 80% more in fines, tickets, crimes in Ferguson. That's been proven as a fact. So it doesn't matter um, how many uh, cultural uh, awareness and sensitivity trainings they go to. That, that Ferguson racist rogue element behind that thin blue line is wedged in there. And people we can't settle for. Six black people, quote, suicided from the black, uh, black Lives Matter activists. And I'm not talking about the, you know, the Sean Kings and the D-Rays. God bless those guys. I don't know what happened to the money, you know, whatever. But these families could have been using that money to pay for their funerals, for their hospital costs, for mental costs. And a lot of that stuff isn't trickling down, as they say. And that's my problem with the trickle-down theory. Supposedly, you give everybody money, money trickles down. Now, you can't just give it loosely to everybody and people of color, though we all, you know, we're all people of color. You can't just uh, universally give it to people of, uh, who are disabled and, and from here and from there and that, though I support that. I support the LGBT, LGBT community. But... The ADOS movement is about black people specifically who are victims of slavery and victims of American chattel slavery getting uh, basically reparations. And those were the hardest fighters. And I'll even revisit that segment for you guys next week if you want to. So thank you for allowing me to freestyle that, Jonathan. Now let me go back to my regular camera. And next up, we've got my man, Dr. Dre, who I've had the pleasure of meeting before and working with. Shout out to Dre. He's probably... Not one of, I would even say, the greatest hip-hop producer, in my opinion. Shout out to uh, the G-Funk style he created, you know, with uh, his brother, Warren G, Law House. And even shout out to my man, um, a Big Huck, Code 187, who was very instrumental in that P-Funk sound. But Dre, yo, he posts on his IG in a since-deleted tweet him and his daughter sitting up there, and he's like, congrats to my daughter. She got into USC by her own merit. And Jonathan, let's scroll up to the, uh, to the uh, since-deleted tweet, and this is what it is. And, this is the, and I don't know if we could push in on that, but ladies and gentlemen, this is the post that Dr. Dre put up. Congrats to my little girl who got accepted in the uh, USC by her own merit, and she wasn't even arrested. Now, the joke is, obviously, you know who he's going at. He's going at the uh, college scandal, like uh, Laura Laughlin and, and Felicity Huffman. He's going at them. But guess what, people? Dr. Dre donated $70 million to USC. There's a building named after him, and that's why Dre got clowned. We love Dre. 
We respect Dre. And, hey, you know, you should be able to do what he wants with the money. And, and, and here's another thing. I would even say that probably, like, 50 to 80% of that money that Dre donated didn't come from him. It came from other sources or maybe Jimmy Iovine or maybe Apple because that's how these things work. But the point that, that he has $70 million, uh, credit to his name, Andre Young, and he's sitting here saying congrats to my daughter for making it on her own merit. F out of here, Dre. F out of here, Dre. We love you, but you got to get the F out of here, man. F out of here. Dre, we love you, but his daughter has since even had to clean it up and say, I really didn't want to go to USC, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, let's scroll down to her, her, new, her new post where she's saying, my dad made me go to USC. It's kind of like what the other chick is saying in the college scandal. I want to say the Laughlin kid, and she's saying, well, my mom is the one who did that ruin my life. So you got to blame it on the parents saying, my dad made me go to USC. Dre, we love you. We support your daughter and all this. But come on, man, everybody ain't got $70 million to donate on behalf of their name, and then claim their daughter got in by her own rights. You know what a lot of people are saying? How come you didn't donate that money to Compton? It pales in comparison. How come he, I think he worked with the city of Compton before and perhaps the city college of Compton, but $70 million, not even close, people. So I think Dre's got his, like, his uh, I don't know, maybe he's got his priorities a little bit mixed up. And uh, maybe he's lost a little bit of his focus. So, Dre, we need you to get back on point. We love you. We still, res- we still respect you. But as far as like that, your daughter getting on your own merit and when you should have been donating that money to other schools, F out of here, Dre. F out of here. All right. We got one more segment left. This is going to be a quick one, folks. But your boy is winding it down. I'm carrying a solo tonight. So we're going super quick. And uh, in a since-deleted post, um, oh, I think that's it. I think we did the black Twitter. We did the Twitter user who talked about the elderly woman. We did the Dr. Dre. We did the woke segment. And uh, the what? No one was surprised. All right, so getting back on point. I'm just close out with this. I'm just close out with this. My, my, my note of the day. The Cardi B thing. We all love Cardi. I respect Cardi. I like her music. I don't care that she doesn't write her raps. I don't care that, you know, she's just a, uh, she blew up because she was a social media favorite. We love her personality. She's charismatic and all that. But let me know what you think about her suing Tasha K and her winos. Go to Tasha K's YouTube uh, channel. I'm a big supporter of her and her, and her winos, Unwind with Tasha K, because she brought on one of Cardi's old roommates who basically said, yeah, that Cardi tried to get me to turn tricks with her, and she had like a whole, I don't know what you call it, like a whole box of... Valtrex or something for a yeast infection. This is not me saying it. This is her roommate, uh, her previous roommate saying, and that her box smelled and that she had herpes. That was the other thing. This isn't me saying it. This is allegedly what was said on the Tasha K show, and this is why Cardi B is suing them. But Cardi, you didn't help your case out when you ran that video. And I don't know if John, we can go back to that just one more time before we go. Cardi, you didn't help your case out when we ran that video from the 154 mark of you saying that you used to turn tricks, rob them, drug them. I don't know, man. This is, we need to call Me Too on Cardi, man. How many brothers did she drug and, you know, get with? Here we go. Oh, my nigga. Hey, everybody, Cardi, we love you. Yeah, Cardi, we love you. A lot of guys want to F you. We get it. But, you know, allegedly clean that box up. With that said, we're going to get on out of here. Uh, Jonathan, I know we're running ahead of time, but I just wanted to say, do you need need to check in with me? Are we good? Are we good? 
We're good, man. We're good. We're good and righteous. Yeah, and I also want to give one more, sh- a couple of shout-outs before I go. Again, shout-out to Elena. You know, she was, this was her show, and uh, she's off doing bigger and better things, but she will be making a cameo in the future. I want to give uh, another shout-out to my boy Terry. Terry, who's, uh, Terry K, who's on his 16th anniversary, and I also want to give a shout-out to my boy Dax in D.C., who I just talked to. And these are all people who comment in the comment section and, and contact me and support us. So please continue to comment, share, support, and we'll give you a shout-out, too, on the next uh, on the next episode. And with that, I think we out. I think we out. On behalf of our PHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content. And be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet, and you can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined.